Hey guys, it's time for Nina's Got Good News. Nina's a former TV news gal who used to share all the news. Now, as a mom and small businesswoman, she wants to share only the good stuff. It's time to brighten your day. So here's your host, Nina B. Clark. Hi everyone, this is Nina B. Clark. Nina Clark, that's right, your host of Nina's Got Good News. I love that music, and Dan, thanks for that introduction. I'm so excited that you're all here for my next episode, that the mics are working, our mics are hot, and we're rolling, and you guys all came back. That is so awesome. What a fun journey this has already been already. I really appreciate all of the support, and as I've been laughing about and joking with you guys just launching this podcast is like having a third baby, except this baby doesn't talk back to me. Are you listening, Charlie and Blaine? Anyway, I'm so grateful for all of you for being here and supporting this podcast because without all of you, this would never be happening. This is really a movement and we are growing every single week. So welcome to podcast number eight. We are starting a little good news book club today, just our own little version here. And who better to kick off this really cute little tiny book club of good news than with my better half, the real reader in our house, my amazing husband, Jeff Clark. Jeff, you came back. I did. I did. It's great to be back. Excited about book club number one. Have you been signing autographs since you've been on the podcast? There has been a lot of paparazzi following me, you know, usually when I get out from from work and things like that, but it's been fine. I'm used to it. Oh my gosh, you're like a celebrity now. I love yes. it. It's so great. And actually, everyone's saying that you need to have your own podcast. So I'm not really sure how we're going to fit that in, but maybe that's something that we can think about long term because you are really good, honey. Thanks, Nina. So, first up, since we're going to be starting this little book club here today on Nina's Got Good News, where did you develop your love of reading? Because you really are the real reader in the house. And how old were you when you first started loving to read? and all that good stuff. Take us back. You know, it's interesting. I think you go through fits and starts in reading because when I was younger, I liked it. And then you get, I remember in grade school, we would get the ever daunted summer reading list. Dun, and dun, I, dun. And I remember um, procrastinating usually till the week before Labor Day and having to read like six books in a week. Um, very well encouraged by my mother to finish those books on time. Shout out to Mimi. A lot of encouragement to finish those books before school started. But then when I got to high school, again, still summer reading, but I just got more and more into it and, and probably more exposure to different authors and different types of literature. And then when I was in college where you have so few calls on your time, I mean, as much as we all want to say how hard college is, it's, you know, a f couple hours a day. And so, and I was, uh, ended up being an English literature major. And so I spent a lot of my college years reading and, you know, talking about books and comparing authors, et cetera. So it was probably when I was a quote unquote young adult when I really truly got turned on by it. That's awesome. That's so great. I wish that I had had that same experience. Different strokes. Yep, different strokes. But you're so much like my father. My dad was a true, to the to the definition of a hoarder, he really was a hoarder of books. He was a bit, uh, he loved to collect books. And then, of course, here I am, married to a hoarder of books, someone, again, who loves to collect books. And now we have <laughs> developed our son into a hoarder of books he loves also to read, and he loves to collect books. So why do you like to collect so many books? Because it is a little crazy how many books you have. 
Well, yes. I would say the major difference between your father and I is that your mother allowed him to keep the books in the home, whereas you've allowed me to keep them in boxes in the garage. They uh, are in and, the garage. <laughs> and so, yeah. and I vow one day, maybe when she goes away, I'm going to unpack them all and stack them in our in our living room or something. But, um, you know, it's books are odd because once you read one, it's. I think it's probably, I would liken it to collecting vinyl records. Uh, with people who love music will collect records and they'll listen to them, you know, once a year, but they'll sit in the stacks. And books are similar to that. Also, I mean, a lot of them are visually attractive. I mean, they're, they, you know, especially the older ones have nice covers, et cetera. But uh, once you buy them, you want to keep them. You don't want to give them away or throw them away. Uh, and so uh, you tend to collect them, as they say. Okay, so now that we know what a hoarder you are of books, um, in the but, garage. I, but I still love you, and they're still in the garage, let's move on to the main focus of today's episode, the actual book that we're really excited to talk about and that you want to convince me and everyone else listening to read. This book called Make Your Bed by Admiral Wil- William McRaven. He's a retired U.S. Navy admiral and a former Navy SEAL, just basically your overall badass, I would say. So how did you come across this book, Make Your Bed, and what made you decide to read it in the first place? I actually, my love of books extends to the love of newspapers, (laughs) and actually real newspaper, paper. Uh, And I was reading- Newsprint. Newsprint. All over his Um, hands all the time. I- I believe it was actually a review in the Wall Street Journal, the weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal, and read about this book. It came about, um, Admiral McRaven went to the University of Texas, Austin, for undergrad. He's now the chancellor, I believe, of the University of Texas Systems. And he was giving the commencement piece in 2014 to the graduating class from the University of Texas, Austin. And this book spun out from that commencement speech. So there was a lot of chatter when yeah, like he first... like it kind of went viral, right? Yes. Yeah, so when he first viral. made the speech, there were over 10 million views, you know, very quickly, I believe, on YouTube. And then after that, I'm sure someone encouraged him to write a book to, to, to generate the same message that he'd given in that speech. Yeah. So tell me what, you know, it's such a simple but profound message in the book about how making your bed, the little things that can change your life, um, just by starting to make your bed every day. Why do you think the message struck such a chord with so many people? Like, why do you think this did go viral and go crazy? And why is this book taken off the way it has? Well, I think for better or for worse in this day and age of, um, what do they call it? Like sound bites. The book's only 125 pages long and it's 10 chapters. Each chapter is a principle. And so it's the type of book that you could read I mean, I don't know why you would extend this as long, but you could read over like 10 weeks and you read a chapter a week and, and enjoy that principle for that week. So it it's a very quick read. It's easy to digest. I also think that... Um, this is You're kind of speaking my language. Babe. I know, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, something shiny. Was that something? What? What? Squirrel. 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 Um, Squirrel. So if you're, if you're, you have no attention span, <laughs> like, like it's me. easily digestible. And, and also too, I, I know, but I like that because it's not daunting, exactly. you know, yeah, like then you don't true. feel overwhelmed by no. this huge book. No. And he, and I, I love listening to him being interviewed, but he, his, he set out to make it simple, direct. I mean, I was never in the military, but if you hear people in the armed services, especially the leaders in the armed services talk about, you know, everything is about being frank, being direct, being concise, getting the metrics across quickly so everyone can understand it. And that's exactly, I think the point of, or at least the matter of this book. Um, 
And it's also, I, I don't know, I've always been, never having been in the armed services, I've always been very enamored um, with those men and women who've done that and served our country. Um, that's, I think, one of the greatest sacrifices anyone can make. And then, too, to Nina's comment about, you know, he he was a Navy SEAL, he was a four-star admiral. As he describes, when, when someone says, how many four-star admirals are there, he says there's not a lot. <laughs> I'm not sure how many there are, but I think it's a very small small number. And then also, too, at the end of his career, he was the commander of all U.S. Special Operations Forces and was the uh, admiral who led the mission to capture Osama bin Laden. So he, you know, you just think about, okay, who's who's been really good at their job? Who can I learn from? And this, this guy, guy seems to have been successful. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Navy SEAL, but you can oh, learn a lot. From, yeah, you can learn a lot from from people who have been successful in their lives. And, and he obviously is a great leader. Right. So, okay, so help me understand though like do you really think that so the premise is about making making your bed every single day and you're going to be able to change your life and then potentially change the world i mean is that really possible you know i think so i think his, you know his message and as i said it he breaks it down into 10 principles that he learned during his training to be a navy seal and it's all analogies right so you the ch- names of chapters are very clever and then there's a little parenthetical comment about like what the actual message is. And I think the idea of making your bed Mm -hmm. is he points it as start off your day with a task completed. So no matter how long or large or small it is, Mm -hmm. you've started your day with having completed something. And And guess what guys? Good about it. Right. Cause you're like, I did, I did something today. I made my bed. Right. And guess what? It's a lot easier to make your bed in the morning than it is to do something large and daunting. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's, you know, getting that routine, I feel like, Exactly. It's a good routine. To get and he'll, into. he, in the book, he goes into the, the whole concept behind, you know, in the military and during Navy SEAL training, the making of the bed and how important that is. Uh, and obviously none of us need to bounce quarters off our beds, but, but in everyday life, his idea is if you can complete something in the morning, having finished it, no matter how bad your day goes, you've, you've made your bed. And as, as simple as that sounds and maybe ridiculous, if you think about it, it, it's nice to know you've done something right. Mm-hmm. And I think about, especially with children, I was drawn to this book because I thought it was interesting. I haven't read it with our daughter, but I have read it with our son. And I thought these were good life lessons for him to learn. It's the type of thing, too, where I think I read it to him when it first came out about a year ago. And it probably is something that we should read again just to yeah. Because if you to saw, reinforce, if you saw, he's not very good at making his bed. He has been he's been making his bed only because of this book. I think that probably really like jump started all of us getting him in the routine. Now that he's ten, by the way, we should have started this when he was like four. But right. anyway, better late than never, right? So, but the way he makes his bed isn't very good. So maybe we could like reread the book to him, and maybe it'll make it a little tidier in there. Well, and also too the the naysayers out there, and I think I've said this to my parents, and I think he has said it to us. You know, sort of like, "Why am I going to make my bed? Just going to get back into it later tonight? Like, why? Like?" And so, getting over that very logical Mm -hmm. question of like, "Yeah, you're right." Like, other than just appearance, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really need to be made because you're going to mess it up tonight when you get back in it. But isn't this all about having that like pride? Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly, and order. Yeah. And, you know, you know, taking ownership of your own bed and your right. own right. room. Let's make a little order out of the chaos. Yeah, nowadays. no, I think that's great. So in terms of the younger, you know, the younger kids, um, why did you think, you know, why did you think this type of book 
was something that would be good to read to Charlie? And why do you think maybe the younger generation, this might, this book might really help the younger generation for them to read it too? Well, again, it, it just, it reads as, as a 10 life lessons. And then they're interesting stories around the lessons sort of let me, he, so Admiral McRaven will essentially say, let me give you an example of when I was in SEAL training. Let me give you an example of my life as to how this 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 lesson is important to me. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's it's pretty straightforward. And so the, to, you know, even a ten year old can get the gist of it. Yeah. Um, even if it's the last sentence of the chapter where he sort of summarizes everything. Now, something that I really love, and I know you do too, because we're both really into sports. But something we both love is talking about teamwork. And how important teamwork is, and that's like a huge part of, basically, a huge part of you, a huge part of me, and a huge part of us together as a unit, as a husband and wife, and then as a family with our two children. So tell us a little bit about, I know there's a message in the book about teamwork, so tell us a little bit about what he says in the book about teamwork. That's right, Nina. And that's chapter two. Um, so again, so chapter one You're hilarious is make your bed. Yep. <laughs> chapter two is find a person, uh, find someone to help you paddle. And then the epithet or the parenthetical is to help you paddle. Oh, you can't this go is a it Navy. alone. This yeah. is a, he's a so Navy in the guy. Navy okay. SEAL teams, they're, you know, they all, the, the boats, so they, I think they're like mm-hmm. eight or 10 person boats and mm-hmm. they carry the boat around all during training. And it's the whole chapter is about you can't go it alone. Mm-hmm. It's all about teams. And and he he's has said in interviews when you meet other Navy SEALs, they will greet each other essentially like were you in the teams? Like it wasn't were you a Navy SEAL, you know, were you in the Navy? It's it's were you in the teams and it's all about teamwork and their training is all about you can't do this alone. And if you think you can do it alone, you're probably the wrong person for this. And it's all about teamwork. And so the idea of find someone to help you paddle, you can't go it alone. Uh, he's really emphasizing that you need to find people. When he's interviewed, when Adam McRaven is interviewed, he has asked the question sort of who who in your life is the most important for you in terms of teamwork. And he's, he always says it's his wife. Oh, and, I love him. And he said all the people he's trained with, et cetera, but she has done so much for him both in his family and in his career and so that's his person for, with whom he wants to paddle, um, which is great. I totally agree with him, by the way, Me babe. Too. That's so sweet. I love that. That's such We're a really cute... good paddlers. I know we are good. <laughs> You're probably a lot better than me, but I do cheer you on. I am your biggest supporter because I love you so much. Um, okay, so what does he say in the book about quitting? Because no one really likes quitters, right? And we teach our kids about you know why we don't quit. Um, I think that's a really important lesson, but tell us what he says in the book about quitting. Well, as, as many of you all know, the whole thing about these special forces training groups is at least, I don't know all of them, obviously, but at least in the Navy SEAL teams during basic training or during SEAL training, you can't get kicked out. You have to quit, right? You so you have to say, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this anymore. Oh, they won't And they do everything they can to get you to quit. Um, and the way I guess you quit is to ring a bell. Um, and so actually the final chapter of the book is don't ever, ever ring the bell, never quit. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of like, no matter what life throws at you, keep going. as bad as you think it is, just you got to keep going forward. You got to mm-hmm. keep moving forward. He, he 
talks I a lot totally about agree it. With that. Yeah, it's he talks so a lot important. about like learning from failures. Yes, um, we can. We all fail, right? Exactly. How many times have you and I failed? Together, separately. Maybe I mean, twice me. I don't know. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> oh, I mean, Jeff oh, Clark, this morning. The perfect person. This morning, I failed twice. Um, no, exactly. No, we fail and all you learn. The time. Yeah. We fail every day. And, and that's then, how you learn. You know, right? We pick, we pick, we pick up, we dust yeah. ourselves off, and we learn from it, and we move forward, right? Yeah, exactly. So, there, I love that message. Well, it's funny you say dust yourself off because there is a chapter about. Um, uh, they talk about being sugar cookies, which is when the instructors make them run into the water get completely wet, fully clothed, and then roll around in the sand for a couple of minutes to become a sugar um, cookie. cookie. And I guess the mentality is trying to, you know, get people frustrated and Uh uncomfortable, obviously. But in that chapter, he's always, he always says, you know, keep moving forward. Life's not fair. Drive on. You're going to get through this. And Mm -hmm. really just the idea of like, learn from your failures, both ones you've done to yourself and others have done to you. And just keep driving on. Yes. And and when, and I, when you're faced with these challenges, it's just about punching them in the face, acknowledging them, punching them in the face, and moving forward. Yeah, and I think... That's how you get through them. I mean, I think, too, not to sound like an old man, but I just, I you know, it's a constant refrain in this, in our, at least in the United States, in this era of, like, I just feel, I worry about people thinking everything's rosy. Right. Um... You, know, you mean the next generation? Yeah. And so we really, I mean, I don't know what age you teach them, but life isn't fair and you can't get upset by that. Mm-hmm. And you need to, you know, you can take it. Um, what did someone use, he used the phrase, you can sit on your pity pot for a little bit, but you got to move on after yeah. that. And also people need to realize like, look, just because you have a, a setback, mm-hmm. you, it doesn't mean you can't step forward. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to keep focusing on what you're trying to achieve, being confident, being driven. Well, maybe that's another reason why younger people should really be reading this book, right? I think that's super important. Um, Another thing he says in the book that I saw in one of the um, reviews, um, when he says, if you want to change the world, measure a person by the size of their heart. So I always tell our daughter that she has such a big heart. And I love that about her. That's like one of the things that really like makes her stand out is she's the biggest heart. And I think that is super important. But what does he tell us a little bit more about what he means when he says that if you want to change the world, measure a person by the size of their heart? I think he he's alluding to primarily people's intentions and what they're trying to either do in life or do for you in life. And the particular example he uses in the book, is, if I can recall, is about one of the people either he was in training, I think he was in training with in the 70s, who was small in stature and the uh, instructors went after him as, you know, you're never going to succeed. You're too small. You're too weak. And he disproved all of them because of his heart and his drive and his, his, his wanting to so badly to achieve. And again, so in other words, it was like, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge someone's by their size. You know, like everyone can achieve based upon what's inside of them. Oh. Which is important. Yeah, I love that. I think yeah. we all need to love more, by the way. Love is so powerful, so keep that in mind. I really love his message about trying to change the world and make the world a better place. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and I know you have too, but just thinking so much about legacy and really indeed trying to leave the world in a better better place than what we had, right? And um, 
what do you think about legacy? I know that it's something that, you know, we often like don't talk about necessarily together, but I know you think about it. I think about it. I noticed that he sort of talks about it in the book by, you know, maybe not necessarily saying that he thinks about his own legacy, but he says often that he wants to leave the world in a better place for the next generation. So what do you think about legacy? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's all very important. It just, I also think that it can't be, we can't sit here and think about what is my legacy going to be? Cause that just becomes some self-centered activity. I mean, right. obviously Admiral McRaven's legacy is already set. Do you think I your mean, legacy is going to be like superstar of Nina's got good news I'm, podcast <laughs> celebrity? Yes. That's what I'm pushing for now. Exactly. Little known podcast star until 2018. We set the world on fire. Um, <laughs> But, but I do, you know, and, and the legacy can be like what your kids say about you, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, this guy's going to be written about in history books. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. And so, you know, what are my children going to say? What are my friends and family going to say mm-hmm. about, say about us? And what are we, and, you know, and you hear, you always hear great things. Unfortunately, it's usually when people pass away mm-hmm. and at their eulogies, you'll hear about them. And, um, I, I think it, it, it would be nice and I feel like it's important for people to say good things about you after you've passed away. But I think more importantly is, did you actually change people's lives mm-hmm. for the better for whatever reason? Did you reason have an impact on them? Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Um, hopefully positive impact. Yeah. And something yeah. that we all want to do and I'm that the hopes in this podcast is that we're going to just become a, a better, we're better together. So I just want to be a kinder, better person. And I think with the help of all of you guys listening on this podcast, we can all do that together. So I think that's really important. Um, I wrote a blog recently, hun, um, based, based on some of my 2018 intentions. And one of the things that I said was that I wanted to commit to reading more, even if it was just something simple, like 10 minutes a day. Right. And, um, don't, don't call me out here, but I do need to get back she to that. She hasn't done it. I have gotten off track. Um, I have definitely. Summertime. Yep. Summer. And the living's hard. easy. But I do think that small changes like that can make a big impact. And I do think something like reading 10 minutes a day is totally manageable. And if you want to pick up this book, Make Your Bed, and read it 10 minutes a day, like Jeff said, it's a very simple, easy read. But so what's, what's your message to everyone just about actually picking up a book, even if it is for, say, 10 minutes a day, but instead of like reading an iPhone, you know, I feel like I always worry that our kids are always seeing us on the phone. I want them to see me reading a book. So what do you, what's your message about to everyone about actually picking up a book and reading like a real old school book? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, so there's something to be said. I think the... (laughs) The greatest compliment I was ever paid was when I first started working in New York in, you know, quote unquote finance. And so, as you can probably imagine, there's not a lot of people running around reading, you know, J.D. Salinger or something like that. And so I remember when we lived in New York, I used to read on the subway and I used to read books, like literally hardbound books. And I would carry them. And I remember I walked in to work one day and a fellow who's probably about 25 years older than I am, uh, still is, but at the time he was older than I am obviously then too and he said oh and he was British and he was like oh Jeffrey you're so erudite 
And I was like, what, what, wait, what, is that what are you talking about? Just essentially learn it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you're reading a book. It's wonderful. Oh and so I was like, wow, that's kind of cool, actually, that I can just carry around a hardback book. And impress but, people. Impress people. But um, I think there's something to be said about, I mean, Well, I mean, let's be honest, a... you do look a lot smarter when you're carrying around a book right. as opposed to me carrying around my Us Weekly magazine, right? Okay. Yeah, that's true. That <laughs> is true. You do look really smart. <laughs> that's an easy win. But I also think, though, I don't want to say, you know, we you can also read your iPad and your Kindle and your yep. phone. There's books. And we you love know. Audible. Yeah, you, audio you books. listen to books. I mean, like you we can, listen to podcasts. We love can, listening exactly. to books. Exactly. You can listen, you can read uh, blogs. I just think it's important to digest some material and then actually think about it mm-hmm. as opposed to training your mind to think about things in 15 second mm-hmm. blips. Um, it's important you know, when you when you sit down, focus on something for a period of time, think about it, digest it, maybe even regurgitate it to someone. That that's important, and I think that's, or I know that's what comes out of reading. Mm-hmm. So, before I let you go, I just want everyone to realize why I married you because you're super smart, and I hope everyone now feels feels even smarter after listening to this podcast with my super smarty pants husband Jeff. Um, but I do think it's important to surround yourself with better, smarter, kinder people because I think that just makes us all better. So, Jeff, let's talk about the challenge today that we're going to leave everyone with this challenge today. That first up, the challenge is if you're not already making your bed every day, then what's the challenge, Jeff? Make your bed. <laughs> you better start doing it, yes. right? Because yes. Jeff Clark is going to come to your house and do inspections. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those, what are those corners called that you always like tell me? Hospital corners. Yeah. If you don't have those hospital corners, come on. So the challenge is if you're not already making your bed each day, let's all start doing that first of all. And then if you have kids like we do, then let's start showing them the way, right, honey? Let's, and don't do what we do, what we did. And like tell Charlie to start making his bed when he was like nine or 10 years old. (laughs) Start it. We started younger with our daughter. Start it. Yeah. So we started, we learned and we started it earlier with Blaine, but with Charlie, it was like, we, we let way too much time pass. So don't do what we did. Show them the way early. So start that early and teach them about why this simple task is so important. And then Today also is part of the challenge. We just are trying to share the book um, as part of the challenge today and just ask you that if you're open to reading this book now and are you open to sharing the book with others and sharing the important message with others. And that is all part of the challenge today. So I hope you'll accept all those challenges with Jeff Clark and Nina Clark today. And I just want to say to my husband, thanks, babe, so much. Of course. Of course. This is great. Thank you for being here. And I I mean, I, uh, this book... I don't even know why it moved me so much, whatever the phrase is, but I remember when it came out, I read it, I read about it. I ordered like 10 copies. I like handed it out to people. People probably think I'm crazy. And now we only have two copies left, I think, out of the yeah, 10. Yeah, because you've gifted it to Because I've given people. it to people. I think, is, I mean, we're a little late in the season now, but it's it would be a great, you know, graduation commencement gift for graduates. Yeah, or um, starting a new job. Yeah. Anything like that. Anything like that. And I do that. think there's, you know, there's there's messages about bullying in this. It's it's I, I think it's really good for kids. It's just a way for children to learn things. I think you know, at the end of the book, he has the line essentially: if you can't do the little things right, you will never do the big things right. I and I that. think that's and, and that's in an, in any walk of life and mm-hmm. anything we do. Start with you've got to do things. the little things correctly. 
in order to do the, the big things. Yep. Um, I love that. Yeah, Baby steps. Blocks. I love that. Well, thanks, babe, so much Thank for sharing you. this amazing book with us. I knew you'd be such the perfect. Make your bed. I knew you'd be the perfect guest to really make sure everyone's reading this book and making their bed. So thanks so much to Jeff. And thank you all for listening. I'm so grateful for all of you. And remember, you guys are all the ones that are inspiring me to be a kinder, better person every single day. So thank you for that. Stay tuned for next week's podcast. And remember, you can always find me on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to my weekly podcast so you don't miss any episodes. So look for Nina's Got Good News on iTunes. And then once you subscribe, please consider rating my show and leaving a review there for me as well. I'm going to read one of those reviews for you right now. Anna writes in on the review saying Nina brings joy to every single thing she talks about. It's fun to listen to her and her advice on life. And I just want to say thank you, Anna. That makes me so happy that you actually would say that about me. But it really is because I married Jeff Clark that I have such joy in my life. So let's all remember that the mission of this podcast is for all of us to just get better together. That is really the mission. And this is a movement. So thank you for helping me grow the movement. For now, I am your happy host, Nina B. Clark. Remember, the B stands for Bradley, and Jeff and I have an E at the end of Clark. We're so happy to be here. Please follow me on Instagram because right now, Instagram is my jam, so let's connect there as well. Thank you again for listening, and let's keep being awesome. Awesome.